Welcome to The New Normal, a podcast series within a series brought to you by Spotlight On. I'm your host, Lawrence Purrier, and my guest today is Zach Edwards, Director of Ticketing and Crowd Services at AC Entertainment. Zach is responsible for the operational details around some of the largest events in North America, including the Bonnaroo Music and Arts Festival, the Forecastle Festival, and Moon River. Zach brings a unique perspective on the implications of the new normal, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. Just, yeah? You know, living in uh, unprecedented times. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Thank you for making time. I know it's hectic right now. I guess the most important question I have is, um, how are you and your loved ones doing? Uh, we're doing fine. Uh, my, my wife and I are both working from home. Uh, so we're, uh, we're, we're on top of each other right now. So it's been, it's been different. Um, but no, we're doing well. Um, my, my brother and his fiance are just down the road. Uh, they're doing, they're doing well too. Um, but yeah, everybody's, everybody's good. The majority of my family right now is kind of in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee. So they have, completely social distance themselves from everybody. Um, but, uh, we're all just kind of taking this a day at a time. Yeah. And where are you? Where, where are you located? Uh, so I'm, I'm based out of Nashville. Oh, okay. And how yeah. is it there? Uh, it's, we just got a 14 day lockdown. Um, so, uh, you can still, you know, do essential services and things like that. You can do takeout and things like that, but they've shut down, you know, any sort of gathering spot at this point. Um, it's not statewide yet. Uh, but our mayor put that uh, directive out. I guess it was yesterday. And nightlife is shut down. Oh yeah, yeah. Nightlife's done. Um, Nashville got hammered for a day or two there when uh, a video went out of there being a Broadway bar downtown that was, you know, shoulder to shoulder packed with people. Uh, <laughs> and so the the social media uh, team pretty much turned on on them pretty quickly, and then it all came crashing down for them so so nashville was uh was socially shamed <laughs> yeah they're pretty much yeah basically they were they were twitter shamed for uh for having shows and having you know a bunch of people there but the reality is is that's all you know nobody who lives in nashville goes down there it's kind of like the strip in vegas i'm sure that people that live in las vegas only go there if they have to or if they have friends in town so yeah yeah how has this impacted your work routine uh, it's a little different, you know, normally you're, you've got a set date that you're working on, uh, and you're, everything's piling on towards this date. Um, and so now it's been a complete shift in your, in your focus into, okay, we need to either make this date work or we need to, you know, to understand the situation and say, we just need to pull the plug on this one. Yeah. Um, so it's been a lot of, a lot of really tough conversations of, you know, we, we definitely want to do this event. Um, but at the same time, the ability to move this or the practicality in moving this just isn't there. Um, you know, and if we can move it, we obviously will, you know, we, at the end of the day, this is still a business, but you know, 
our business is made up of making a bunch of patrons really happy. So if we can continue to do that and, and still be able to, you know, have salaries and benefits and things like that, that's the, that's the ultimate goal right now. Yeah. And for a typical event, if there is a typical event, yeah. um, what's your, what's your vendor footprint like? Like how many, how many companies do you contract with or how many people does that mean? Like what, what's sort of the, what's the social business impact? If we're, if we're looking at, at some of our boutique festivals, which is somewhere in the range of 10 to 12,000 people, you know, there's probably somewhere in the realm of a hundred different production departments that are built in that festival. Not all of those are going to be external, but each one of those is probably going to have some form of independent contractor or side business that they're, they're reaching out to in order to accomplish their goals. So even if we're not having a festival and people aren't coming to, to enjoy that, there's still a big economic impact that comes with $100,000 million production coming in and then not coming in anymore. So Yeah. I don't know if it's too soon to say or how you might characterize it, but um, how are you all feeling about what the impact is going to be on your business? Nobody knows. Uh, there's no end date. We're just working to delay, uh, if, if we're being totally honest. So as much as we would like to say that, you know, May 1st, we're all going to be back. We're going to be, you know, back in gear, booking shows, getting ready for the next event. We don't, we don't know that. Um, and so it's just a matter of every day showing up, going through your checklist and, and kind of pressing on without, without focusing too much on the ambiguity of the situation. Yeah. Is there anything that you've been pleasantly surprised about um, in the situation or has there been any, any sort of, uh, you know, positive outcome or positive uh, result of either, you know, from the community or from your colleagues, you know, what, what are you seeing that you feel good about every day? Um, you know, that we had a, uh, we had a call today with, um, with our president, Ted Heinig, and uh, he said something that kind of resonated with a lot of us, but as you've looked across the entire industry, um, you know, with the, the task force that Live Nation and AEG and, and some of the other agencies have set, put together, it really has kind of shown you that we all realize that this is kind of an existential threat to the industry. Um, and so we're all working together. We're all just attempting to find a way out of, out of this hallway, um, whatever that needs to be. And so there's been a lot of partnerships that, uh, you know, they may be competitors, but the reality is, is that, you know, if, if one, one of these falls, we're all going to have a huge problem. So we all kind of need to be in this together, you know, between Live Nation and AEG, um, you know, I would, I would guess that's probably 70% of the show is booked in the United States. So that's a huge portion of the industry that is now, instead of competing against each other and trying to find ways to, to do things better and more cost efficient and, and increase revenues and all that, it comes with running a business. They're also working together on a lot of things and coming eye to eye on things and realizing that, okay, we may have competed on this in the past, but it's clear that in order for us to all move forward, we have to move forward on this one together. Mm -hmm. So that's really been the, been a big, a big thing for me. Um, the other one is, you know, with us rescheduling Bonnaroo, uh, the AC and the C3 presents team has worked just phenomenally together. Um, it's been open communication. It's been, you know, just, just both teams realizing that this is, this is a project basically bigger than, than any of our jobs. And that if we're going to do this, we have to do this as a team. And so there's been, 
you know, the, the ego has kind of gone out the door um, if there was any there before. And it's just two teams working together to make something happen. And I know C3 is dealing with their own uh, massive moves on their end with the shaky festivals and, um, and some of their other ones. So uh, it's just been really, if there's anything that comes out of it, it's just really encouraging to see people that may not work together in a normal business scenario, realizing that for the better of the industry, we've got to do this together. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a pretty common, a common theme that, that I've observed and that um, I'm picking up as I start to talk to people is um, that theme resonates, I think in the personal and the professional, you know, whether it's um, people doing everything they can to continue to, you know, spend money getting takeout from the local restaurant mm -hmm. that they want to see still be here when we get to the other side. Um, you know, people employing dog walkers, like anything they can yeah. to spend money in their local community, even when faced with the uncertainty of like, you know, am I going to be laid off in two weeks? Or I hear people with legitimate anxiety, but I don't hear people going into a bunker mentality because of it. And um, right. that's a pretty powerful thing to witness. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the, the community aspect of it, you know, for a lot of our festivals, that's been our driving force is trying to create this community in this a community within a community even. And so to have that feeling on kind of the back of house side, as well as the front of house is really something that's special that, you know, when we come out of this, God willing, we're going to have a hell of a party um, yeah. and it's going to be a celebration. But right now everybody's just trying to do their part and, and stay at home and stay away from people and, you know, kind of suck it up for, for as long as we need to so that we can get on the other side of this as faster. Yeah. Do you have any um, firsthand or maybe even social media observations? Have, have you, um, do you have the temperature of the patrons at this point? Do you know what either sort of fans in general, the sentiment is, or what the fans um, around your events are expressing about their willingness to hold out or like, you know, are you getting any feedback from the patron community? Yeah. I mean, you know, social media, one, everybody's trapped in their homes. So, you know, they've got nothing but time. Um, on social media right now. And so we've gotten a pretty good gauge of, of how people feel about some of our cancellations and some of the movement. And uh, it's all been really positive, honestly. Uh, you know, people understand that, look, we can do this and we can throw this event, but this is doing nothing but just endangering everybody around you and the, and the people, two and three people down the chain that you don't even know. So they all understand that while, of course, we want to put on a Bonnaroo or a high water or big ears or something like that. Um, the reality is that right now it's, it's just not socially responsible to do something like that. Um, and in a, in a company where our, our sole focus is trying to bring people together, we kind of need to be you know, leading the charge on no, no, no. Even we don't want this right now. Um, because first and foremost at all of our events, we just want our patrons to be safe and they can't do that right now. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I'd be curious to know your, your, your take on this, but it seems to me, especially for a big sort of American institution of an event like a Bonnaroo and even some of the lesser nationally known brands, but still that have their own passionate following. If I wanted to go to this event in May or June and it can't happen because of extraordinary circumstances, I kind of trust that it's still going to be a really good time if it gets back up on its feet in September or October. It was less right. about that long weekend um, on the calendar and more about 
this is an appointment I keep with this community every year. And if it has to move for a few months, I'm still going to be there. Yeah. And it certainly feels like that with Bonnaroo. I mean, Bonnaroo is, you know, I've said this um, on another podcast as well. And I told them that Bonnaroo is basically, we come in and we build this structure, but the, the festival and the community of Bonnaroo is all those people just showing up. Um, we're basically just trying to build the framework for this other entity to come in and get their own. Uh, and so we've, we've kind of seen that even through this, that, uh, you know, for the most part, they've, they've brought us in and have realized that we're also part of this community and that we're all kind of hurting right now. Um, and we're just trying to do what's best for the festival and what's best for them. Yeah. It helps in a business like the one we share in that, um, we're all, you know, three quarters of the way to crazy anyway. So, Right. Um, we're probably better equipped to deal with this than your average office worker. Right. You know, most of the time we're just, we're just running a traveling circus. If we're being honest, um, we're just happy to be part of the circus. So if we have to work from home for a little while, it's just kind of like, I mean, this is a really nice festival site for me. This is, that's just what it is in my, in my mind. And as long as I approach it that way, it, uh, it all go fine. Much better plumbing. Much better plumbing. Yes. I don't have porta potties or anything like that. I have my own bedroom. It's nice. Yeah. Reasonably good catering. I would imagine. Right. Exactly. Yeah. At least I get to choose it, you know, for the most part. <laughs> Is there anything in the, um, in this new normal that you think stands a chance of making it through when things recover? In other words, has there been something like a, a positive that you would take that you would like to think maybe, um, leads to some new values? An example I'll give you is, I had a friend of mine over the weekend say to me, uh, you know, I haven't had this many nights home in a row having dinner with my family in years. Um, a lot of us live on airplanes and um, we don't see our kids as much as we'd like to, or we pass by our spouses a couple of times a week and, and you know, we're, we're working towards that, that next long weekend when we can get away with them or whatever. Um, we all have those, those different anecdotes about um, the sort of blurred lines between our personal and professional lives. Do you think that um, any of this work from home or telecommuting or um, even the shifts in how our companies all interact with each other, you think there's anything that could become part of a new model that, that might sustain beyond just this period? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the, the biggest thing that you hope comes out of this is that people start to slide a little bit more into the work-life balance mode. Um, you know, I think one of the big things that I've seen is that, you know, especially with, with my family, at least, is that we all are very much more connected right now, um, than maybe we have been in the past when we've all been running our own little lives. Uh, and so we're, we're constantly in contact of like, Hey, how's everybody doing? Is everybody good? Um, but I also see that some of the, you know, workaholics in our company, you know, myself included, uh, are, are finding better ways to kind of channel that, that energy. Um, instead of checking my email, you know, a hundred times a day, uh, I'm reading a book. So it's, it's little things like that, that it, if you're going to try and put some sort of really good habit, uh, in now is a perfect time to do that. You know, if you're in one of those cities that's been locked down for two weeks, well, I think two weeks is about how long they say it takes for you to build a routine. Yeah. What better time than now, you know, to get some sort of benefit out of, out of being sequestered like this for this long, what better time to, to create a new habit that maybe you didn't feel like time for 
you know, in, in previous, in, in the old normal, if you want to call yeah. it that. So, yeah, that's really, I, I really appreciate that insight. Um, do you have anything that you're doing personally? You know, you mentioned, you know, picking up a book instead of picking up the email, but more sort of formally or ritualistically, is there anything that you have found you need to do or that you want to do that sort of, you know, I've talked to people who they make sure they go for the 45 minute walk when they used to take a lunch break or, um, you know, they're, they're going to yoga class or they're taking an online fitness class. Like do you have any sort of survival tricks that you, you felt the need to implement or that you've, that you've enjoyed implementing? I think it's a little different if you've got, you know, if you're cohabitating with someone, um, you know, if I was, if I was by myself in my home, uh, this may be different, but because I, I live with my wife, we've both kind of come to the determination that it's good for us to be away from each other for a bit, to have our own individual time because, you know, previously we were spending eight to 10 hours away because we, we were at work. So uh, doing, going from that as your old normal to your new normal of you are right next to this person at every minute of every day um, can be a little a little aggressive and a little abrasive when you first start it. So we both kind of come to terms with, you know, I'll, I'll go watch a movie in, in the other room and uh, she'll go read a book in her room, in, in our bedroom. And so we'll, we'll kind of split off for a little bit so that we can be by ourselves for a moment. So it's, you know, you sequester yourself and your sequester. So, uh, it, but it's been, it's been really helpful because, you know, there have been some moments when you work right next to someone that you're used to, to having a little space on it's, well, this is just how I work. Like I took a phone call the other day and I think I did eight laps around our Island and she just watched me do the lap. I was like, I'm sorry, this is just how I talk on the phone. Like I have to stand up and walk around. So we haven't completely, we haven't completely annoyed each other, but we're trying to, uh, to, to, to get in front of that beforehand. So you're not cannibals yet. <laughs> no, we're not cannibals yet. No, we still, we still have good food and good supplies. So we haven't, we haven't resulted that quite yet. That's great. Um, this has all been really, uh, really helpful. And uh, I, I personally find it, uh, you know, very, uh, very inspirational to talk to people who, um, who, who are reflecting such positivity in the face of, uh, you know, what's, what's, what's a challenging situation. So thank you for that. And, yeah. Um, I'm going to look forward to staying in touch with you over the next few weeks to see uh, if you're, uh, if your resilience uh, wears <laughs> up the way I think it's going to given the, uh, Given the kind of person you, I are. mean, I think uh, I think my, my thought process behind the whole thing is that once once you start going into the abyss, you never quite get a hold of it. So just try and stay, you know, as long as you can stay surface level and not not dip too too low, then you can you can save yourself. But once you jump, it's it's all the way down. So yeah, yeah, um, I think that's I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, um, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Thanks so much to Zach Edwards, AC Entertainment, our editor Craig Snyder, Ant Taylor, and the entire team at Light. If you have a perspective on the COVID situation that you'd like to share, email me. The address is lawrence at light.com. That's L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E at L-Y-T-E dot com. Thanks so much. We'll have more episodes in the coming days. In the meantime, stay safe. Stay safe.